This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, as 2023 draws to a close, I wanted to go back to some of the surveys or reports done over the year, which I feel may have been overlooked. Now, one of those pieces of research was a report done by Concentric called Demystifying Inclusion, the Rewards and Realities of Fostering an Inclusive Culture. Now, while we all want to do just that, foster an inclusive culture in our organizations, there's been some element of confusion. What exactly is inclusion? What drives it? What derails it? How should we measure it? And is diversity, equity and inclusion the same thing? And here's the big whammy. When I spoke to the folks at Kincentric earlier this year, they pointed out that inclusion and recognition were the two main areas Malaysian organizations needed the most help with when it comes to keeping up with our regional counterparts. So I had to bring Redima Kanduja back on the show again with me to dive deeper into the topic of inclusion and help us Malaysians buck up for 2024. Redima here is a partner and market leader of Concentric Malaysia. Redima, welcome back. Hey Audrey, so glad to be back. Really looking forward to this more deep dive session with you. So Redima, um, I want to start with your personal opinion on why Malaysia needs to up its game when it comes to inclusion. Now, this is one of the main things that stood out uh, to me uh, during our last conversation. Uh, and you mentioned how inclusion and recognition, these were like major pain points when it came to Malaysian organizations. So I wanted to ask you why you felt that Malaysia was lagging in this area. Thanks, Audrey. I think why we lack is, I think, one, because culturally, it's not so apparent for us. So when we talk about the Western world, it's the topic is pretty much, and I think the inclusion and exclusion is a bit more demonstrative in nature. So when we talk about people who are different colors, when we talk about different ethnicity, it's a way more apparent conversation uh, that happens in that side of the world. But generally, when we look at Malaysians, I am as in I'm not a Malaysian by born, but been here for the last decade plus. I see generally we are very nice as in we, we are very pleasant. Generally, we come across as non-threatening in our everyday experience. So mm-hmm. a lot of demonstration of inclusion goes as passive. So it's mm-hmm. not so apparent, but it's very passively existing and hence it doesn't get addressed. So it's been brewing down there. So because it's not so apparent around our conversations, it tends to get overlooked uh, culturally in in the way uh, Malaysian organization. And I think socially also how it gets demonstrated at work. Hmm. I wanted to bring up uh, DEI, uh, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. Now, I'm not sure, but just judging by some of the organizations that I've dealt with, um, DEI also seems to be kind of overlooked. Maybe it's just apparent, you know, we are a diverse culture and we appreciate equity and inclusion. But is this something that you notice as well? And is DEI the same as inclusion? Um, I think DEI as a concept, I would say, is uh, getting more and more attention. At this moment, I would say we are we are not there yet. But I think are people getting more and more conscious of it? Absolutely. I think and thanks to the drive across corporates as well, especially in the in the recent budget update as well, the focus on ESG and within mm-hmm. ESG, especially when you will come to the people aspect of it, 
DNA is the primary aspect actually. So it is getting more and more attention, but I think the understanding of what DNA means and what the components of it, I think there's a lot more work to be done. Uh, clearly, when it comes between D, E, and I, there are different definitions to it. So D itself, which is diversity, is purely about composition, the percentage of males, females, different races, age groups. So that itself is a big space of work actually to be undertaken, but it only represents numbers. Second, when it comes to equity, is more about fairness. So usually you would have often heard about equal pay for different genders. That That's again about very apparent uh, elements of which are monitored measurements. Inclusion is, I would say, it's the most deep-rooted behind it because it goes to the point of experience. It's what how you make me feel being part of the organization, to be feel part of the conversation. So it's because it is the most hidden part, it's the most least addressed part. As in, in, in management circles, we often say that if it can't be measured, it can't be managed, right? So because the D and the E are a bit more measured elements, it gets addressed or at least becomes part of the conversation. I is because it's it's a bit more difficult. I won't say it's not possible. And our report actually managed to do that measurement around it. It shows that it is a bit more deeper into it. And within the I itself, I would say there are so many elements. So we in Concentric defined it with four key elements of I in inclusion. That one, does the employee or any individual that you're having feel that they're being valued for their contribution? So if they said something, did they get recognized? So it goes back to your point initially when you introduced the recognition, right? It's acknowledgement of my presence. Second, the after the acknowledgement, did my voice, the ideas that I expressed, were they being heard or not? So I speak up, you asked me to speak up, but then I was dismissed. Third, is that, yes, you heard me, but when it came to the decision-making, it went back to the same set of people and wasn't really, my ideas were not included into the decision-making process. And then last but not the least, is that in this, all of the environment that you've created for me in the inclusion, do I feel I am operating at my best optimal or I'm, I'm constantly being watchful? Because I'm sure in... Everybody is listening and would be listening to this podcast would be thinking about that. I don't want to be in a place where I am not at my comfortable self, right? We all feel way more extraordinary contribution when we are at our comfortable self. So can I contribute my best? That's also part of the inclusion. So four key components is what just defined inclusion beyond the elements of the diversity, which is demographics and equity, which is equality and the fairness that people experience. Hmm. No, since we are breaking it down, can we come back to how inclusion um, import, impacts employees in the workforce and subsequently uh, a company's bottom line? Absolutely. So I think our data actually, and then this research that you referred to, it was done across the world. Uh, we did have a good representation from APAC, including Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand. So some of that uh, countries contributed to it. In that data, we clearly see the impact almost is like four times difference. If an employee is feeling included in the organization, they feel that they can contribute their ideas to make decisions better. There's a four times difference. So clearly four times better onto it. 
there is almost a three and a half times difference between do they feel they can work collaboratively so teamwork contribution ability to speak up and contribute towards a larger uh, world space impact so all of these three things i would say are enablers to deliver value so they are not the outcome yet right these are all things if i am able to contribute then i would be able to do that eventually doing making in today in such an ambiguous world there is no straightforward answers if we can bring more and more brains on the table they can work collaboratively and they are passionate towards taking an almost four times by the data itself then mm. clearly we will be able to deliver better business results and if we are not able to do that then we are sitting on an under leverage potential that we could have solved it but we didn't make people felt accountable to do so mm. now um i'm curious here um if if some of us don't feel included we don't feel the inclusion does that mean we are experiencing exclusion am i making sense here redima uh actually there is a place for a passive world but irrespective if you might not feel included there is a high probability that you are feeling excluded actually so we might feel that no i'm actually i don't feel that i'm being biased against or i'm some of us have that experience sometimes at workplace that no nobody actually said anything to me that i felt heard so maybe it wasn't me but as the data suggested and collecting so many employees across the world we saw in our data that 73% of employees uh, in the last 12 months at least felt once feeling excluded so it is that a, very pervasive yes it's a really high number 73% yeah, 73% while the the demonstration of inclusion exclusion is different so almost half of the people felt that they were singled out for their contribution like kind of belittled in a in a room in a situation or 50% said that they felt devalued when they said something there is one third only which is explicitly penalized or dismissed so mm-hmm. that's the that's the apparent part right one third were apparently dismissed there's a 50% but collectively at any point in the last 12 months at least once at the workplace they felt they were excluded in the conversation 73% and what was interesting was that even if you didn't feel and maybe you didn't realize it at that time or you as in all of us uh, didn't feel that excluded when we asked them did you see anybody else getting excluded so that's maybe not me 63% by the data told, told us that they witnessed a person who was explicitly excluded or unfairly mistreated at workplace. Mm. So we're dealing with pretty I would say strong case for change. Yeah. All right, uh, I want to talk more about exclusion redeem but we're going to take a quick break for some messages. When we come back, well, we talk more about exclusion and we also get into the role leaders play when it comes to fostering inclusion. All that and more on Resource Center. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Being first matters. BFM 89.9. 
and we're back you are listening to Resource Center this is Audrey Raj online with me today I have Redima Kanduja she is the partner and market leader of Concentric Malaysia and we are trying to demystify inclusion now um Redima before the break you were talking to us about exclusion and uh you happened to mention that you know we can actually experience inclusion and exclusion uh, at the same time. So different periods uh, of our lives in the workplace. Um, how do we then try to make inclusion or the experience of inclusion more consistent? Thank you. Thanks, Audrey, for that question. I think what we see in, in our approaches that we see, I think one of the key enablers, and that's what you mentioned just before the break as well, is, is the leader's. I think mm. if we want to make it consistent, the journey starts with the leadership. The role modeling uh, of the organization on inclusion starts from the top in, our, in all that we see. And the impact is pretty high. When people perceive their leaders to be uh, encouraging of an inclusive workplace, they have a 75% chance that they will rate the company inclusion, inclusive. So mm. just... You can imagine just the 10 people, the top 10 people, if they are being perceived as inclusive, if we can just focus on those 10, the perception of the organization would be 75% included. So we don't have to worry about any of the conversations that we had in the first five minutes. And similarly, it has a further cascading impact that if beyond the leaders, if we can also become make people managers perceived positive there is 80% chance that the company will feel. So just those two pillars, the leaders and the people managers. And if their everyday behavior encourages those four elements of being valued, being heard, being felt contributed, and then making them feel best of their potential, this is no problem at all. Mm. But it's not as easy as we say, right? So. <laughs> No, so, so what can leaders do or what should leaders strive to do or, or maybe even avoid completely, you know, to encourage uh, and foster um, inclusion in the workplace? Um, I mean, are yes. there things that can drive inclusion? Are there things that can kind of, you know, derail inclusion like the report suggests? Yeah, so there are a few components of it. Uh, and, and first of all, inclusion is not a kind of a target. It's not, mm. it's not that, oh, you achieved it. It's not a report card that you, you got it. Once you finish the exam, you're done. It's a journey because it will go up and down. So we need to be prepared. So it needs regular effort, conscious effort, and something that needs to be continued to be monitored and then continue to be improved upon. So it's not a one-time journey that organizations need to prepare themselves for. And in inclusion, there are two components to it, the culture and the leaders. When it comes to the culture, there are five elements we need to watch out for. One is what sometimes we say, impartial or fair treatment, right? So uh, am I being treated fairly in the organization? So that's the basic. And then at least that perception should focus on. Second is sometimes in the culture, we, we feel that we are, we are going too much about merit, and not mm. about, so because this is, I can tell you when often when I go back to my clients and we are talking about this data, they will say, no, you don't ask me to become affirmative action towards inclusion because I'm a merit-based organization. 
Hmm. So merit over as an, an illusion of merit is actually a, a less inclusive behavior. So right. it's it's something that uh, especially when we all talk about high performing organizations, all leaders have understood that story very well in in the storyline at least I would say, and I'm sure every other uh, presenter and and your the person you interview often talks about this as a concept. So so there is an illusion of merit when it comes to inclusion. We think that we are focusing on merit, but people don't realize that that merit that we think is pure merit is inbuilt with all the biases that come with it. The biases of saying that, okay, this kind of people can deliver better or this group of people uh, tend to become like this or maybe I should give the opportunity to this person because in the past, he's the one who's been doing it. So that affirmative action on opportunities is something that, organizations need to watch out for so number one is fair treatment second is fair opportunities third is the psychological aspect of psychological safety because Mm -hmm. second element is about creating that culture where people feel that uh, they can speak up and in this one there is a strong element of leadership because there is uh, and in the report it highlights pretty beautifully that there is almost a double reality check if almost if if my memory serves me right i think around 20 25 percent of employees feel that we are we have an environment of speak up or can share something if i'm hesitant about something vis-a-vis leaders have given that score to almost 60 percent so leaders think we are creating a very inclusive environment why not as in my doors are open right why not as in i never close my door you can always walk in and share with me However, the employees don't feel that environment. They only feel 25%. So psychological safety is the third critical element. And I see organizations talking about it now very much. I won't say it's not on the table. I think this is a conversation on the table now. Have we found our answers? Maybe not, but it's on the table. The third element that people need to do is actively watching out when they are silencing other people. Uh, because very often we've seen, uh, especially this is very generational quite often. Not, uh, I would say in Malaysia, I see this more generational than gender. Okay. While there are in inclusion and diversity, there are all the other elements. Generationally, this happens quite a bit. Generationally, our leaders, because they come from a particular generation, age group, they tend to then silence a particular group of employees because of age and and seniority and then that doesn't create a future inclusive culture so the behavior of silencing is something and very often something that we've seen uh, in organizations trying to do they'll say but i can always create a suggestion box i have an anonymous forum for people Mm -hmm. to speak up that's not what we are talking about here speak up is about comfort of standing up sharing my views and getting the acknowledgement for the my my ideas or my criticism it's not about creating a black box where people can anonymously say something and then you will take it with whatever way you you might want to address it but it doesn't give the closure people didn't get the recognition or the acknowledgement for what they said 
So that's not the answer to it. Don't open more suggestion boxes. They are ineffective models. Uh, and we've been doing it for so many years. The right. online blo- blogs have taken a kind of a new angle to it, right? Uh, yes. Is, is something that we need to look out for. And last one is, I think, probably same that I said earlier, is that it's not a, it's not a zero-sum game. It's a journey. We need to continuously work on it. And, and it will have its own drops in the middle, but it's okay. If we are moving, if we are building our people, leaders, and senior leadership in the direction of getting more and more inclusive, we will be moving upwards gradually. Right. Now, uh, Redima, before I let you go, uh, I just want to talk about next steps, you know, because when we feel there's an issue in the workplace, we feel there's an issue um, in our organization, we usually get the experts in, consultants, trainers, an external party to come in for an audit, followed by training or a workshop. Can we talk about how inclusion should be measured and if training and workshops um, are a solution to trying to foster uh, inclusion in the workplace? Uh, I would say in, in order to help organizations, since we, we clearly know our, our pivot is with the people and which is the people managers and the leaders, I would say sometimes we, we need to work on multiple aspects. One, data is important. So like this data that we presented and suddenly it brings the case to be brought up in the conversation. So measure without hesitance the feedback of your employees. Don't hesitate to not measure. Sometimes we feel that, oh, we know how bad it is. Let's not measure it. Or like, that's not our priority. Let's not measure it. But giving a voice to people through different kind of surveys, through platforms, I think is is number one thing that you must do. So please measure in an organization inclusion. Uh, And there are lots of ways to do it concentric is of course can help you if you need to secondly is uh, please help your leaders very often when we ask leaders that okay when was the last time you went through did somebody watch you out for a behavior we never watch out our leaders we, that's mm-hmm. not who we are so who's going to help them they never had a one-to-one conversation for so long nobody's so things like coaching things like educating them on their own behavior, providing them feedback regularly is part of making them more aware. That's why you see there is such a perception gap, right? There's a blind spot. Otherwise, that 28% of employees and 63% of leaders would not be seeing the world so different. So it's important for us to give them that support. And then third is about institutionally looking at some of our people practices and looking at them and saying that, are we are we getting biased? And the best way to do it is look at your people data, look at your performance data, look at your recruitment data. It will help you to signal that was inclusion the reason why we don't have diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we, we dismissed them over the years and now we are saying, oh, we don't have enough leaders. Uh, Redima, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. For more information on the Concentric Report on inclusion, uh, is there a website that we can go to? Absolutely. I think you can go to Concentric website. That's the best source of it. You can reach out to us personally. Happy to do an educational session for your leaders since awareness is a step one to most of these changes. So if, if you feel that's what you need, feel free. You, we, we are doing this for the right reason to help organizations to be 
more productive eventually because we see there's a loss of potential that we are seeing in organization due to inclusion. Ridima, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you so much, Audrey. I've been speaking with Ridima Kanduja, partner and market leader of Concentric Malaysia. If you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find our podcast on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. My name is Audrey Raj. Thank you for joining us on Resource Center BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.